Give us one hour and we'll help you change the way you think about happiness. Harvesting happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen is fresh, optimistic, and purpose-driven talk radio that promotes happiness from the inside out. Each week, Lisa spotlights trendsetters and change agents who offer sound emotional fitness tips for improving mental muscle tone and greater well-being. Guest experts include a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who are devoting their lives to creating a better world in which to live. Your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen, is a widely recognized applied positive psychology coach, author, documentary filmmaker, and lecturer specializing in the fields of sustainable happiness, mindfulness, and positive lifestyle management. Let's get to it. Here's Lisa. Welcome to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio, broadcasting consciously prepared brain food from the beaches of Malibu, California. Each week, we explore the very serious business of happiness, sustainable well-being, and human flourishing. We are not talking about that annoying yellow smiley face. No, no, no. We are talking about something much deeper and critical to the success of humanity. Authentic happiness is not selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic. In fact, it is essential in order for humankind to thrive. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being locally, but also contributes to collective global flourishing. The achievement of a happy life is not only positively good for us, it is constructively good for those around us. In short, happiness matters. Happiness comes from the heart, and this show is most definitely all about the heart. I don't know about our listeners out there, but one of my favorite pastimes is a good night's sleep. In fact, I, I, I put it on my top five list of things that I like to do. And most of us, myself included, are sleep deprived. Today, we're focusing on better health and productivity through sleep and lifestyle management. My first guest is Dr. Mayer Krieger, who is a professor of medicine at Yale School of Medicine, who has been treating patients with sleep disorders for more than 40 years. He described the first case of sleep apnea in North America. He is chief editor of the most widely used textbook in sleep medicine, The Principles and Practice of Sleep Medicine, now in its sixth edition, as well as The Atlas of Clinical Sleep Medicine. His new book, The Mystery of Sleep, is geared to the public and was recently published in March of 2017. Welcome, Dr. Dr. Krieger. Oh, it's, it's great to chat with you. It's great to chat with you because uh, this is a very serious subject. Sleep is serious, and so many of us are sleep-deprived. Talk about the effects of it on society as a whole. Well, in, in North America, the average person only sleeps about six and a half hours, and, and they, the people need to sleep between seven and nine. And there are so many things that go wrong if you don't sleep enough that I could spend an hour sort of outlining them. And, and so the data right now suggests that if you don't sleep enough, your brain won't work properly. You won't be able to make great decisions. You'll be impulsive. You're going to be irritable. And you may even have symptoms of, of mental disorders like depression. And so that's one type of abnormality that occurs when people don't sleep enough. The other types of abnormalities we're only beginning to understand now is, is that people that don't sleep enough live less long than people that sleep the normal amount. And we don't know all the reasons yet. There may be an increase in cardiovascular disease, for example. 
Uh, and there may be uh, an increase in obesity, for example. We know that people who uh, don't sleep enough, they, they become overweight. They, their hormones change in such a way that they eat more and they don't stop when they're full. So there are many, many things that go wrong when people are sleep deprived. Wow. And I also want to touch upon, you spoke of decision making. And I think mm-hmm. of all of us um, that are piloting our cars, planes, trains, boats, etc., that are running around sleep deprived and how that impacts our ability to execute those tasks safely. Well, we know, for example, that if you don't sleep enough, your reaction time is decreased. And the worst case scenario of that is is people have episodes of what we call micro sleep. Sleep is such a powerful um, thing that if you don't get enough of it, your brain is going is, is, is going to intrude on your wakefulness. And so people will have these micro sleeps. And during these micro sleeps, you're basically blind. You're not reacting to your environment. So obviously, that would be catastrophic if someone were, uh, for example, uh, uh, a pilot or somebody was driving uh, a, a locomotive or something like that. So we really worry about brain function in someone who's sleep deprived. And a lot of the people who are commandeering these large transportation systems are sleep deprived. Their uh, their their circadian rhythms are off because they're operating on opposite opposite schedules of what their body would be normally used to. I would imagine that this is a, a real risk. Oh, it, it it is a huge risk, and there have been a very large number of of really important accidents uh, that have occurred as a result of sleep deprivation. Uh, You'll remember a couple of years ago, there was an airplane that crashed that was going from, I think it was New York to uh, Buffalo, New York, and the plane crashed. And both the pilot and the co-pilot were both severely sleep deprived. And they were making, as they were landing, they were making really uh, big mistakes. Yeah, very, very frightening. And, And if you scale that down to the individual level and how we operate in our lives, I think it's more important than ever to focus on sleep, sleep issues, and how to help people get a more restful sleep. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely critical. It really is. And you said that um, I think the statistic is more than 30% of adults have some kind of sleep disorder. Yeah, it's probably a, a, yeah, and, and depending on whether or not you include chronic sleep deprivation, I mean, since the average American only sleeps six and a half hours, it's probably safe to say that that maybe 50 percent of the population has a sleep uh, problem, some of which is voluntary. In other words, if you voluntarily restrict yourself because of your lifestyle or some um, some belief that you may have, uh, some people still believe that sleep is a waste of time um, (laughs) and 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 which drives me as a doctor crazy. Um, but um, the number is somewhere between 30 and 50%. Amazing, amazing. And, you know, I think that these handheld devices that we are all so in love with and addicted to also are playing a role in the disruption of our sleep at night. Yes, um, we see that a lot in in teenagers and, and people in their early 20s. Many people now go to sleep with their hands clutching their smartphone. 
and 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 it's it's and it's really uh, you know if it weren't pathetic it would be funny and we've actually seen um in in our sleep lab when we studied some young people who were having sleep issues they're they're in bed they're clutching their phone and in the middle of the night they text and they interact with p- other people and god knows what else that they, uh, they're actually doing <clears throat> and the next morning they have no recollection of it and, wow. and yet they have been doing stuff. I, I remember a patient I had a couple of years ago who actually was buying stuff on the web in the middle of the night and had, you know, she, and until the stuff got delivered, she didn't even realize she had ordered anything in the middle of the night. That is frightening. That is truly frightening. And, and, and I know that a lot of these newer phones have a setting on them where you can switch the light from sort of that yeah. blue cold light to a warmer glowing light. It'll automatically switch over at, at, at sunset, which makes it a little less stimulating. Is that what's happening? That's absolutely correct. Blue light uh, has a, a, an effect on reducing the production of melatonin, which is a hormone in the brain that's involved in sleep and circadian rhythms. And, and the blue light is, is, is therefore stimulating and so these these uh, programs, you can actually get the program not just for uh, your smartphone, but you can actually get them for your laptop and you can get them for your desktop as well. And they change the color so that it's less of this stimulating blue color. But the bottom line is there needs to be a time in our day when we know when to say when, right? When we, when we power down in order to have good sleep hygiene, to get ourselves to a place where we can switch over and catch that delicious wave of sleep, it, it needs to kind of be a process, right? We don't well, just like go to sleep. Yeah, it needs to be a process. And the only way the process is going to happen is that if people make sleep a priority, in other words, you can't um, look at it as something that you do after you've done everything else. If you're sleepy and you're tired and it's time for you to be in bed, you need to go to bed. And and people need to stop thinking about sleep as a waste of time. Yeah. No, sleep is not a waste of time. Sleep is can be a really good hobby. <laughs> you know what I mean? It could be yeah. really good. Really good. We're going to need to take a break in a minute. But before we do, I want to bring up um, perhaps a little known fact to the layperson, and that is that women have more sleep issues than men. So listen up, ladies. Well, they certainly do. Uh, and they have more sleep problems their entire life from the time they're teenagers Uh, until they're in their 80s and 90s. And uh, we can probably talk about that in more detail uh, in in the next segment. But just to give you a preview, um, um, women, for example, during the reproductive years, they have periods. And when they have periods, uh, their hormone levels go up and down. They have an effect on sleep. Uh, When they become pregnant, tremendous effect on sleep. And we can talk about that. And menopause, tremendous effect on sleep. And as and as people get older, women, uh, for example, get diseases that interfere with their sleep as well. So these are all important topics that uh, we'll probably cover in a little while. Oh, I would like to very much because I'm feeling like I'm doomed. You know, I'm like, yep, 
I've, I've experienced that everything that you said about the different phases of life, that sleep interruption. And, you know, when we come back, I'd also like to give a couple of solutions, very simple solutions that we can help people out with to learn more about the work of Dr. Mayor Krieger. Please visit www.kriegerbooks.com on Twitter. You can find him at M H Krieger and that's K R Y G E R. And on Facebook, Meyer, Mayor hyphen Krieger hyphen books. And the title of the book that we're talking about today is The Mystery of Sleep, Why a Good Night's Rest is Vital to a Better, Healthier Life. Here come those tunes. We'll be right back. That's a promise. Wait, wait, wait. Before we take that break, I want to share a little retail happiness with you from FabFitFun, a seasonal subscription service that delivers joy in a box containing full-sized beauty, fitness, and lifestyle products. Four times a year, FabFitFun will indulge you with top-notch curated products from great luxury brands like Moroccan Oil, Dermalogica, Juice Beauty, Trina Turk, Millie, and more. FabFitFun boxes cost $49.99 and always contain more than $200 worth of pampering. Quantities are limited and seasonal selections are always a sellout. This is a great way to treat yourself to the most amazing products of the season. Check out www.fabfitfun.com and use the promo code HAPPINESS at checkout to save $10 off your first box. Once again, that's fabfitfun.com. And don't forget the promo code HAPPINESS. Now here come the tunes. We'll be right back. And that's a promise. We know that life can be tough and that happiness can and does live alongside adversity. Connect with us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and follow Lisa on Twitter at Lisa Kamen for a daily dose of inspiration. We'll be right back after this quick break. Do you find yourself saying things like, I'll be happy when, or I'll be happy if? Does the finish line for happiness keep moving? Does the bar keep getting higher? What's getting in the way of your happiness right now? Too much going on? Working too much? Not working enough? Having too many responsibilities? Not having enough money, enough time, enough space? The list goes on and on. It becomes difficult to see all that we have if we focus on scarcity. One thing I know for certain, happiness waits for no one. And sometimes we all need support. Are We Happy Yet? is not another self-help book. It's a guidebook for learning how to harvest happiness through self-mastery which is the key ingredient into building resilience, hardiness, grit, and emotional stability. Are We Happy Yet? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life is available at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, IndieBound, and HarvestingHappiness.com. Each day we get to choose how we are going to show up for life, and at times we need tips for strengthening our well-being. Learn training strategies for greater emotional fitness and improved mental muscle tone at HarvestingHappiness.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, we are talking about something that is vital to our well-being, and we're getting too little of it. That is sleep. We're talking with Dr. Mayer Krieger and his new book, The Mystery of Sleep, Why a Good Night's Sleep. I'm sorry. Um, Karina, take it from the top there. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, we are talking about something that is vital to our well-being, and most of us are getting too little of, and that is sleep. Join the conversation with my guest, Dr. Mayer Krieger, and we're talking about his new book, The Mystery of Sleep, 
why a good night's rest is vital to a better, healthier life. So, Dr. Dr. Krieger, before the break, we were talking about um, women and sleep issues and how women have more of them than men. Um, I myself have, have experienced this at various points in my life. So uh, what is this about? Hormones? It's about just gender plague? I don't know. What well, is it? it? it's about many factors. And basically, it's about a woman's life. And part of her life is biologic. Um, during the reproductive years, um, every month, sex hormones go up and down and they have an effect on the brain and they can interfere with sleep. When a woman becomes pregnant, as pregnancy uh, uh, goes from first, second to third trimester, sleep becomes worse and worse and worse and can actually be a huge problem. And some women during pregnancy will actually develop disorders of sleep. Uh, For example, they may develop sleep apnea, a condition where people stop breathing. They may develop something called restless leg syndrome, where they have this irresistible urge to move their their legs. And there's now even data that suggests that women who are pregnant who are having preeclampsia actually have a sleep breathing disorder. And there's a lot of exciting research going on in that area right now. And of course, menopause uh, results in hot flashes, night sweats. They interfere with sleep. Um, And as women get older and older, they develop diseases like diabetes. They develop um, arthritis. And all of these are also associated with very poor sleep. So sleep is an issue for women in their entire life for biologic reasons. There are other things that happen to a woman's life. She's the caregiver. In most families, uh, she's the last person to go to bed at night. She's the first person to get up in the morning to get everybody off to school and and work and so forth. And for many women, when they finally send their kids off to college, that's when all of a sudden they're taking care of their own parents. And Mm -hmm. and so that is that is a huge uh, issue that we see later on. So lifestyle ends up being also a a big contributor to a woman's um, abnormalities in sleep. So what is the solution? Many people out there will have the proverbial cocktail or they'll have a sleeping pill before bed or they, I mean, you, you made a joke during the break that I'm from California. My people might have a smoke a little pot before, before they sleep. That is ultimately not a solution or um, a, a, a healthy long-term management plan. What is yeah. So, so basically, if some, all of us are born with the ability to sleep normally. We all have, uh, you know, we all have the neurological connections to allow us to sleep normally. And taking sleeping pills does not solve a problem if someone has uh, difficulty sleeping. It's just sort of, uh, you know, it's like a Band-Aid over, over a problem. So they're not the solution. Alcohol is not a solution because, in fact, alcohol can have very negative effects on sleep, both acutely and chronically. Many people, for example, will realize when they take alcohol at bedtime, sure, they'll, they'll fall asleep faster. On the other hand, they'll wake up in two, three, four hours and then have a lot of trouble falling asleep again. And, and that kind of pattern leads to ultimate dependency on alcohol. And the same thing might be true of something like marijuana. 
that people may use to relax in order to to uh, fall asleep quicker. But there's the possibility of becoming psychologically dependent on doing that to fall asleep. And so that is never uh, a, a really good idea. So what can a person do? The first thing that a person needs to do is to basically make their sleep a priority. In other words, when, it's, when you're t- tired and it's time to go to bed, start to work on that. And if, there are, if, if someone, uh, for example, who reads a book about sleep or does all the things, the millions of things that are on the Internet to try to sleep better, if they don't work, there may be help out there in the form of what we call cognitive behavioral therapy. And cognitive behavioral therapy is done by psychologists, usually, who's trained in sleep. And they use various methods, for example, uh, mindfulness, um, teaching people mindfulness uh, has become very popular in the past few years. And also some other techniques, which, which I actually review in my book. But the, the issue is if you can't fall asleep, you should probably seek help. You, you have your brain can has everything it needs to fall asleep, but there may be some psychological issue or some other issue or even a mental disorder that is preventing you from falling asleep. And you speak about mental disorder. I would love to touch upon, I, I mean, I call it a chicken or the egg cycle with um, the relationship between sleep deprivation and depression and mm-hmm. which comes first, because I'm not so sure we really know, right? Well, um, it, we, we actually, what we do know is depression can lead to abnormal sleep. We also know that abnormal sleep has been associated later on with the development of depression. And there was a very nice research study that was done years ago that looked at medical students and they were followed for like 40 years. And the ones that had very poor sleep initially had a much higher rate of de- of developing depression. So there is this chicken and egg phenomenon going on, and it's quite possible that we need to treat both in order to solve the person's sleep problem. Having said all that, some of the medications that are used to treat depression can actually worsen sleep, and that's mm-hmm. something that that people need to be aware of, that some of these medications may actually make someone sleepy or can prevent them from falling asleep or can actually give them what looks like restless leg syndrome. So there are a lot of things when we think about depression and sleep, uh, there are a lot of things that need to be dealt with. And, you know, it's interesting. I, I work quite a bit in addiction recovery and most of my clients, when they come in for treatment in the early phases, they will be given a prescribed sleep medication to get them over the hump. And then mm-hmm. what, what happens is that there's almost like a rebound effect for many of them where then sleep becomes a problem and they, and they can never get enough. And they're walking yeah. around like feeling as though they're zombies. Yeah, yeah. And, and I've seen that clinically. Um, ironically, most of the patients that we see in a sleep clinic who, you know, who are having trouble sleeping, they come, they're already on sleeping pills. And, and, and what they want is they want to come off of the sleeping pills. And you're, you're absolutely right. What ends up happening is, is somebody prescribes a sleeping pill to someone because some acute event. So uh, I can recall a very specific uh, case that I had a few years ago. 
And this was a, a woman who had been on, on medications for 40 years to help her sleep. And it turned out that the medication that she was on was a very powerful antipsychotic medication. It was used uh, for schizophrenia. And she didn't have schizophrenia. And uh, whoever ordered it, ordered it and told her that she needed to take it. And she, being a good patient, listened to the doctor. And the irony was all of her subsequent doctors simply kept on refilling the prescription. And so if someone is taking a medication, uh, no matter what it is, they need to ask their doctor, why am I taking this? And when can I come off of this if I can come off of this? Because too many patients are started on sleeping pills and they never come off. It's true. And and they're also told that you know, you need this for sleep and therefore the, the patient or the client feels that this is part of the routine and therefore the brain now believes it too. Yeah, yeah. And that's a very, very powerful thing because the brain starts to make associations. Just like someone, uh, for example, uh, is, is very anxious when they get into bed, uh, eventually they start to associate their bed with not sleeping. And so the, the human brain, actually, every, every animal's brain is really good at making associations. Um, and so if you start to associate your bed with bad sleep or a pill with good sleep, you're kind of conditioned. Uh, psychologists will call that a conditioned reflex. Yeah. It's, a learned, you know, it's a learned behavior. And so the psychologists that do cognitive behavioral therapy that's what they work on. In all of the research I've done and the sleep experts that I've interviewed, everybody comes to say the same thing, that the bedroom is, is good for two things, sleeping and sex. Yeah. That's yeah, it. I mean, and, and that's absolutely true. However, uh, these same experts probably never lived in Manhattan, where, <laughs> where um, you know, where, you know, the person's one room is is you know it's a bathroom it's it's a living room it's a kitchen it's a bedroom and it's an they're all it's an office and you know the, the computers there uh, i have seen these bedrooms and and uh, the reality is is that the bedroom in those kinds of situations is actually the person's office and and you know and and the, the every person creates their own sleep environment so if you're in that kind of a, a, of environment, what you need to do is to kind of create a cocoon, okay? I'm going to turn off all my devices. I'm going to turn off my fax machine. I'm going to get rid of my landline for the night. I'll just take the phone off the hook or something like that. In other words, people need to pay attention to these things because, you know what? If you don't get that call at night, so what? You know, exactly. it's, it, it's, it's never all that important. Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned the cocoon. In in, in other words, we're steady, setting the stage. You know, we're yeah. creating a landscape that is hospitable to sending signals to the brain, okay, it's time to transition from day life to, to rest. Yeah, yeah. Critically it, important. Really important. What about melatonin? You mentioned um, the effects of melatonin on the brain. What about those of us that occasionally have sleep challenges that we go and get from the health food store, a chewable, you know, melatonin, melatonin tablet. Yeah. So melatonin in the, in the United States is problematic because, um, it's not a regulator product. Uh, it's an over the counter product. So it's available 
grocery stores, drug stores, you name it, 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 it's available at, you know, Walmarts and Costco's and whatever. And so the, the, the grade of the product that you get is problematic. In many other countries, it's actually pharmaceutical grade. So you, you know what you're getting and you know what the dosage is and whatever. So the, uh, we like to use melatonin in some patients because your brain produces it. And there's a, there was literature a few years ago where as you get older, your brain doesn't produce as much melatonin. So we will sometimes recommend that. Uh, if someone is having uh, some difficulty for a few nights, it's a fairly safe uh, compound because, you, you know, your brain produces it. The dosage that we use is generally fairly small. So uh, we're not too concerned about the use of melatonin. Melatonin is most effective, however, not as a sleeping pill, but as a pill or a medication to help reset your circadian rhythm. Huh. Uh, and and that's the that's the the most powerful effect of that medication. Will you come back and talk more with me about sleep hygiene and how to help people have a better night's sleep? Sure, I would really love that. I think that we would be doing a great service to give people some tools and and simple interventions to help them have a more restful restful night's sleep. Um, we're out of time. And I've been speaking with Dr. Mayer Krieger about his book, The Mystery of Sleep, Why a Good Night's Rest is Vital to a Better, Healthier Life. To learn more, please visit KriegerBooks.com, on Twitter at M-H Krieger, and that's K-R-Y-G-E-R, and on Facebook, Mayer-Krieger-Books. Thank you, Dr. Krieger. Oh, thank you very much. Here come the tunes. We'll be right back. Before we take off for that break, I want to mention the power of a beautiful smile. We all know that happiness is contagious and so is a dazzling grin. And that's why I'm giving my mouth a dental tune-up with Smile Direct Club Invisible Aligners that are gently straightening and brightening my pearly whites at an affordable price. Smile Direct Club costs 60% less than other invisible aligners or braces. I'm enjoying this easy process that's progressively improving my smile as I work, play, and sleep. Each month, I receive a new set of custom-crafted aligners delivered directly to my front door. No office visits, no wires, no brackets. Listen up. You can get started at home today with an impression kit for $95. But wait, listeners of Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio receive a special promotion of 50% off this evaluation cost. And you can even save more because dental insurance plans reimburse customers for a portion of the cost of invisible aligners. And Smile Direct Club also accepts FSAs. Remember, listeners of this show will receive 50% off an in-home impression kit that normally sells for $95. And that's 100% covered by their Smile Guarantee. So if aligners aren't a good fit for you, you get your money back. Smile Direct Club's mission is straight to the point, making it clear and convenient to transform your smile no matter where you live. Your new smile is waiting at SmileDirectClub.com. And be sure to use my unique promo code of happiness at checkout. This offer is not available in North Carolina. Once again, that's SmileDirectClub.com. And don't forget to use the promo code happiness to save 50% off your in-home impression kit today. Here comes the break. We'll be right back. And that's a promise. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. 
Unwrap your present by signing up for Happiness Headlines, our monthly e-zine at HarvestingHappiness.com. Stay tuned for more after the break. One thing I know for certain, happiness waits for no one, and sometimes we all need support. We all have the freedom to be happy or the liberty to be miserable each day, regardless of external circumstance. Sure, things will inevitably happen in our lives that are out of our control. There is only ever one thing that is totally within our control, ourselves. When we have command of ourselves, we are better prepared to handle life and bounce back more quickly when challenges arise. Whether you see the glass as half empty or half full, the glass has the capacity to hold more. You have the capacity to be happier. The tool to harvesting your happiness is within your grasp. Are we happy yet? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life is available at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, IndieBound, and HarvestingHappiness.com. Each day we get to choose how we are going to show up for life. And at times we need tips for strengthening our well-being. Learn training strategies for greater emotional fitness and improved mental muscle tone at HarvestingHappiness.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, we are talking about soothing yourself for better health and productivity. And my next guest has been doing this for decades, beautifully and creatively through music and word. And we're talking about Jim Brickman, who began playing piano at the age of four his Tin Pan Alley sensibility, uncomplicated melodies, and down-to-earth nature have taken him from the Grand Old Opry to Carnegie Hall and Disney World and to the White House. He has written three best-selling books, Simple Things, Love Notes, and his latest, Soothe, How to Find Calm Amidst Everyday Chaos. The Jim Brickman Radio Show is now in its 20th year. It's heard in over 80 cities across North America. The show features well-known experts focusing on entertainment, lifestyle, pop culture, health, and wellness. And Jim and I had the pleasure of meeting when I was on the road doing the book tour for Are We Happy Yet? My own book. And now we're here talking about him and his project soothe. Jim, welcome. Thanks for having me. Oh, this is a a great pleasure. I am a huge fan of your music, have been for many, many years before we had the great pleasure of meeting. But I want to share a very wonderful experience that I had. You and I were together in your studio some weeks ago, and you gave me um, the CD, the, the Soothe CD, and I popped it in my car as soon as I left the studio, and I had this amazing relaxation response Besides being beautiful music, there's something more to that music than meets the ear. I think one of the reasons that that the music resonates that way is because it's it's not overly complicated. I think sometimes uh, people in an effort to show their technical prowess or feel like they've got to fill up the space uh, make make the music too busy. And I think one of the things that uh, is really important is, especially in this kind of music, is to have just as many silences as you have sounds because it's, um, it really is like a conversation. We don't speak in constant sound. We have moments of silence and nuance, and it's the same with music. What I noticed with the music is it, it is just exquisite music, but 
it is the way that it is arranged and um, I'm sure the way it is produced that it is doing something that's actually calming our the nervous system and that's what I feel you know I can get in the car I can be feeling very very stressed and this is happening a lot lately because I'm under a lot of pressure as we all are and I find after a few minutes of listening to it and I literally do put it on just to, to chill myself out for a few minutes and I feel my whole body start to release and to calm and to um, just let down. And can you talk a little bit about how this is also done in the production, what you're tapping into in our brains with the arrangement and the technological production? Well, it, it all starts with melody. It, there has to be a, a, a simple melody, but it's some, it's something that has to be, um, I, I believe in I believe in melody so that your so that your mind can follow a beginning, middle, and end. Um, I think it's really important that it not be so ambient that it's hard to follow. I think one of the things that makes it somewhat hypnotic is that it's following a melody, just like any pop song. Um, if a lot of this kind of music ambient style of music doesn't have any melody center. It just, it's just kind of sonic, but it doesn't have any melody to follow. So really it's just, it's like a pop song. It's just slowed down in a way that is extremely, um, simple. And that takes this melodic sense and, and kind of, uh, whittles it down to its essence. When we talk about the Soothe project, it's there's the book and then there are the CDs. And the book, Soothe, How to Find Calm Amidst Chaos, um, is, a, is a very comprehensive compendium of how to really soothe many aspects of your life. And talk a little bit about the events in your life that led to the creation of the book. Well, the, the book is, is ironic in nature because I'm a very neurotic person. And so, um, <laughs> this was, this was really more of my parallel journey with the reader because it wasn't, um, from expertise. It was me learning along with everybody else, um, ideas and, um, thoughts and, and ways to, help myself and thereby help the audience calm down by talking to experts and, um, and, you know, uh, everybody from doctors to, um, therapists to health and wellness professionals, doctors, you know, to, to really find the, the core of how to take the stress that we all deal with and, and calm it down a notch. And what I think is a really important takeaway about the book is that you know, I don't, I, I don't believe that you read a book and then instantly you're a different person. I don't think any, but any how to book or any sort of, um, you know, plan or, you know, lose five pounds in, in, you know, five days or whatever it is, you know, everybody's different. So everybody's path is different. And they, and, and so I wanted to touch on the fact that it's not a one size fits all approach that, you know, like my friends, I write this in the book that my friends kept saying to me, you know, Jim, you got to do yoga. It'll change your life. 
And so I did yoga and it didn't change my life. And so then I thought, well, no, it changed, <laughs> it changed my friend's life because that worked for them, but maybe that's not for me or meditation. Um, you know, I am a very active person. So I, I do the walking meditation because I have a really hard time sitting. And so it, it's sort of a, uh, you know, it, it, it challenges some of the rules of that we've come to expect from you have to do this and you should do that. And it should be this way. And, you know, uh, it's, um, there's, there's nothing worse than somebody saying to you, you know what you should do? <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, I mean, yeah. it's sort of like that they, people have to do what's right for them. And so the book is really my, kind of quest to learn about some of these things. And, you know, the, the shoulds get us into trouble. You know, if we, if we look back on our lives at any point and the things that we think we should have done, or people might have shamed us into believing that, um, is, is a stressor. Oh yes, completely. And it, you know, it's, it, it, it's pervasive in, all of the ways that people, uh, experts share their, their vision of something because it just is not, it's just different for everybody. And, uh, you know, so the, again, the irony in the book, people assume that what I'm writing about is from an expertise when in reality it's about me trying to find the same answers to all of these questions as everybody else. Which is the the human quest for comfort, or at least minimizing discomfort and providing as much pleasure that we can to ourselves, you know, on this journey of life. Yeah, because like you said before about shoulds, you know, um, what if I don't want to do it that way? Or what if that doesn't suit me um, just because, you know yoga or meditation in this particular case or nutrition or I mean there there are so many factors that go into so much of that uh what you do for a living your uh, predisposition to any sort of uh DNA or family traits or or I mean there, there there are so many things that are at play and and so I really kind of against this um, follow my plan and you will, you know, you'll take this magic pill and there is no magic pill. And I'm not going to all of a sudden turn into a soothed person. All I can do. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's me. It's not like tomorrow after reading a book or writing a book, I'm going to be a different person. It's not that way. You know, we're, we're who we are for the most part, I believe. And, and so, um, you know, it's, it's things that common sense things that, Sometimes you remember, can remember uh, that, that, you know, you can try and see if they work for you. Like today, you know, one of the things I write about in the book is about getting up 15 minutes earlier. You know, this is a big thing with Ariana Huffington and Thrive and, and just so that you're not racing all the time. And it really makes a difference. It's so much less stressful to, in my world at least, to wake up 15 minutes earlier than to, than to race through everything and be completely on edge. You know, it's only 15 minutes. Yeah. 
And and those few minutes do make a difference. Speaking of a few minutes, we've got about a minute before you and I need to dance off to a break. And I want to urge our listeners to visit Jim on his website, jimbrickman.com, to learn more about the Soothe Project, the book, and the audio CDs. The book is available as an audio CD, but also the music that accompanies it. On Facebook, you can find Jim Brickman at Jim Brickman. And on Twitter, guess what? He's at Jim Brickman. Here come the tunes. We'll be right back. And that is a promise. Who says money can't buy happiness? Check out Lisa's new book, Are We Happy Yet? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life and other fun, fashionable, and inspiring items at shophappyatharvestinghappiness.com. We'll be right back after this quick break. Do you find yourself saying things like, I'll be happy when, or I'll be happy if? Does the finish line for happiness keep moving? Does the bar keep getting higher? What's getting in the way of your happiness right now? Too much going on? Working too much? Not working enough? Having too many responsibilities? Not having enough money, enough time, enough space? The list goes on and on. It becomes difficult to see all that we have if we focus on scarcity. One thing I know for certain, happiness waits for no one. And sometimes we all need support. Are We Happy Yet? is not another self-help book. It's a guidebook for learning how to harvest happiness through self-mastery, which is the key ingredient into building resilience, hardiness, grit, and emotional stability. Are We Happy Yet? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life is available at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, IndieBound, and HarvestingHappiness.com. Each day we get to choose how we are going to show up for life. And at times, we need tips for strengthening our well-being. Learn training strategies for greater emotional fitness and improved mental muscle tone at HarvestingHappiness.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, I urge you to download and share this podcast. Why? Because sharing is caring. It's kind. It's legal. It's free. It's available 24-7. And we're talking about soothing yourself for better health and productivity with my guest today, Jim Brickman. We're talking about his music, his books, and his latest project, Soothe, How to Find Calm Amidst the Chaos. Jim, prior to the break, we were talking a little bit about the shoulds of life. And now I'd love to move into some of the chapters in your book, because a couple of them intrigue me, such as Soothe Your Kingdom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's so funny. I We... We treat uh, the place, for example, our our home, our bedrooms, uh, as just sort of a place to um, to accomplish. Like, okay, I'm just using this to sleep, as opposed to creating an environment that you really want to be in. Um, I, I write in the book about how I went to visit a friend of mine, and and I walked in the front door, and it was so calming and. And I thought, what is this? And in the distance, I heard this, um, water trickling and he had a fountain in, in, on his porch. <laughs> and it was like, it was like you walked into a spa or something. And I thought, you know, how hard is that? I mean, you could get a fountain at like Home Depot for like $39, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's not, yeah. it's, it's like, um, creating an environment that is something that you want to spend time in. Um, 
you know, uh, I, I, <laughs> I write about this about how, um, your home is, is only really, um, a place you want to go if you feel like you could have the flu there and want to be there. You know, like if you get sick or you have, you have to be home or something, where do you want to be and what kind of environment do you want to be in instead of just using it for, you know, a stop off between work and, and, um, hobbies and things like that. So, um, I think it's really about the, you know, having the things around you that you like and, um, not doing it for anybody else but yourself. And when we talk about having a soothing kingdom, you know, if you've got emotional chaos going on, either upstairs in your own mind or the dynamic in the household, that is not particularly helpful to soothing. So I think really you're reaching across many domains when you talk about the kingdom. Well, and we all have certain habits, certain good and bad habits that you know, if you really, really think about your kingdom, your, your home, your world, um, there, there are certain things that are constant. Like, for example, I am a voracious, uh, reader and terror of magazine articles. <laughs> and so my, these stacks and stacks of clippings follow me. Like I put them in my suitcase. And I, oh, I'll deal with that when I go to the hotel, you know, and so like that in my, at my house, you know, everything is really serene except for these piles of all of my ideas of where to vacation, what song song titles, you know, new workout routines, new. I mean, I'm just like voracious about it. And it's 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 like a joke with my friends. Like, you know, they're always hearing me tearing things on magazines at the office and everything. So um, I look at that pile and that's really stressful to me. That pile is amazingly stressful. So I decided, you know, the pile just needs to go away somewhere. It's just, it can't be staring me in the face because it's like saying, get to me, get to me, you know, deal with me, you know, stuff like that. So where did the pile go? Did it get scanned and evaporated or it's like now in a special little box or something? So, um, I, 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 I dedicated you know, an hour to a day to the pile. And now it's, you know, uh, just a, more like a quarter inch instead of like, you know, um, two feet. But I think, um, you know, at I put it in a place where it wasn't just being hid. It was actually somewhere that I would open the cupboard for. But I think the point is that we all have these little idiosyncrasies and sometimes you have to think about what, what your stress buttons are. What are the things that, that really just push your buttons? And in, in my particular case, I got lots of candles. I love the scent of vanilla. And I, so I love vanilla candles that I, and I have, you know, I mean, lighting is really important and all of that, but it, none of it matters if that pile is still sitting in the middle of the room. Well, you know, when we talk about creating, you know, serenity in in our environment and serenity from within, which sounds a little woo-woo and fluffy, but what we're really talking about is accessing our best selves and what is and what does it take to do that? And in um the Soothe Project, you really talk about all aspects of soothing yourself from, you know, the kingdom to sleep. You mentioned in the morning uh, getting up even 15 minutes earlier. So it sounds like these are small interventions that you've, um, you know, you've been the scientist for yourself and you're sharing with us, the reader, 
your discoveries as you try these things. Yes. And, uh, you know, I'm very curious person by nature. It's one of the reasons that I enjoy hosting the radio show because I love learning about things I don't know about. And I'm fascinated by, you know, not only the human condition, but, you know, the choices that we make. And um, so I wanted to, again, be sort of the guinea pig along with uh, the reader to discover uh, for myself what might be appropriate. Um, you know, sleep, uh, and this is a, a big topic, of course, lately, uh, but sleep is, you know, when you're ambitious and I'm, I'm extremely driven and ambitious. And so, you know, I, oh, I can get up at, I'll get up at five. That way I can get more done. You know, it's really counterintuitive to your body and especially as you get older. And so, you know, I've made a conscious effort, um, as much as humanly possible, even with all the travel, you know, to do eight hours. And I find yeah, that, that yeah, if I don't, I, I find that my body really, for me, it's, I'm more of a seven, seven and a half is when my natural, you know, wake is, but I still, I still try to make it eight. It's funny you should say that because around my house, sleep is really a prized commodity. I, I'm a nine hour girl myself like I operate best <laughs> with nine and it's challenging right it's very challenging with all that we do and when you do have ambition and you do have drive to sort of get it all done but it's possible it is possible and it needs to really be a part of how we program our lives because we're going to function better yeah I mean it's it, you don't think about it that way until you start doing it and then you and then you feel the difference. Uh, same with moving, working out, you know, this kind of thing. Um, and so many of us are on medications and that, that play with our, our brain and, and our energy level, um, uh, nutrition and, um, and lifestyle. And I mean, so many of these things contribute. And especially as we get older, these are things that, you know, start to sustain all, all throughout your, your world. Your book um, is The Soothe Project, Soothe, How to Find Calm Amidst the Chaos. You talk about the soothing the need to do everything, and I think this is huge. Oh, it's really hard for me. It's really hard. It's the saying no that's hard um, because, you know, if you are somebody that has ambition that, you know, you, I, I may, I'm sort of a... Um, eat every piece of food, candy, whatever on the plate, you know, because you might miss out and there's a lot of FOMO in my life. So I feel like, <laughs> um, I, I, you know, the, one of the things that I find is really helpful is it's like in 12 step or, and you know, in AA, something like that, where, where you think past the drink, it's a little bit like that. You know, you think, what is the, what's the objective of, of me saying yes to this? You know, is there a ultimate objective goal that something that I want to see happen by, by saying yes to, um, to something as opposed to feeling like you're responsible to say yes or like you're, it's, you know, mandatory or, or you know, so what are the, um, repercussions of saying no and what, you know, what will happen and think past the experience to say, uh, you know, did I, 
why did I do that? Or why did I, or if I'm going to say yes, you know, is there ultimately an objective that, um, you know, is, gives me joy, that gives me happiness, that gives me a positive outcome for making that choice uh, in lieu of, of, um, you know, replacing that time with something else, you know? I have a question for you on that note. And what does Jim Brickman do to relax? How do you soothe yourself? <laughs> well, you know, or is the, this it? No, the, well, the easy answer is to, is of course playing the piano. But what happens is that when your hobby and the way you relax becomes your prof- profession, then you have to sort of substitute it with something else. And, um, you know, we all go through, these times in our life where we're, we're um, high functioning on the things that keep us healthy and, you know, we're eating great or working out or things like that. And then something happens or changes, you know, illness or whatever. And, and so I find that for, uh, you know, for me really making the choice to say, um, I love, to hike. I love to walk. I love to, uh, I, I think of so many great ideas when I am just in that kind of, um, you know, mode where I'm, where I'm moving, where I'm moving my body. And so, um, I try my best to, to, um, to relax by moving. And that's not really so much at the gym as it is just, you know, if I'm, if I'm at home in New York, I, you know, I'll just walk and walk and walk. If I'm in Cleveland, um, you know, I make sure I take the stairs everywhere that I go or, you know, I, I try my best to, to move because it's, um, when you don't and you're sedentary or you're flying a lot and you're sitting on the airplane, things like that, it really, um, it does a number on your, on your, uh, your body and your mind. Yeah, so true. I have taken to walking. Uh, I've been on the road myself for the last month, and I take I've taken to walking across LAX. So instead yes. of taking the shuttle to yeah. my car, uh huh, I walk. That's you. I've seen you. I think you. We've waved. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've seen you dragging your suitcase across from the Terminal Seven to Terminal One. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> Are you one of those two? Yes. <laughs> I did it the other day. Uh, actually, it was really funny. It was in the Philadelphia airport, and they had the rental car shuttle, but you could see that the rental cars were on the other side of like the parking garage. And I thought, wait, so the shuttle is going to pick me up and then take me like ten minutes down the highway and all the way around, or I could just, you know, drag my suitcases through the grass, one or the other. <laughs> And it's so much more fun. I mean, it's the adventure. And I think that is really what we're talking about. And your approach in writing this book and this project, which once again, we're talking about the Soothe Project. And the book is Soothe, How to Find Calm Amid the Chaos. And there are also two um, music albums. One is Soothe, uh, Volume 1, right? How to Find Calm Amid the Chaos. And Volume 2 is Soothe for Sleep. Yeah, we all we all could use a little bit of that. This particular album, Soothe for Sleep, is um, I did with doctors at the Cleveland Clinic talking about how our bodies really relate to a certain beat, and that you know the biorhythms 
that connect with our with music um, at, at a certain uh, beat will help to calm you down. So for any troubled sleepers out there, Soothe for Sleep is available as a strategy to help you relax, to calm down, to ease into good, deep, restorative sleep, which is what goes on when we when we shut our shut ourselves down and, and go to sleep at night. Jim, you've been a delight. Maybe you'll come back and hang out with me again. We can talk about, you know, like air, air, share airport stories or something. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we can we can discover how to eat healthy at an airport. Oh, it's 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 doable. It's definitely wow. doable. Let let me give you your contact information once again to learn more about the Soothe Project, both the book and the albums. Please visit Jim at jimbrickman.com. You can find him at Facebook um, at Jim Brickman and on Twitter at Jim Brickman. And also tune into the Jim Brickman radio show now in its 20th year. And Jim, where would they find the radio show um, station links on jimbrickman.com? Yeah, just go to jimbrickman.com and uh, click on radio show and you can find all the info there. Perfect. All right, here come those tunes. We'll be right back. And that is a promise. Thank you, Jim. Thank you so much. We have flown through another hour of purpose-driven media designed to inspire and delight you, our listeners, to create more joy in your lives and within your communities. Here are a few thoughts before we part. Happiness is not a destination. It cannot be bought sold, or traded. Happiness will never invite you to the party. Happiness simply comes down to a choice to show up each and every day in the world with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen and my guests today, Dr. Mayer Krieger and Jim Brickman, wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest of actions. Until next time, remember, happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. Go out and rock your day. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Join us each and every Wednesday for a brand new episode of consciously curated talk radio from the heart. Keep harvesting your own happiness anytime from the comfort of wherever you are with hundreds of free downloadable podcasts from our libraries on Toginet, iTunes, and SoundCloud. In a complicated world seemingly driven by nonstop negative news, Lisa's mission is to celebrate the upside of life and seek the silver lining of our challenges by transforming them into uplifting growth opportunities for all. To learn more about Lisa's global consulting services, please visit HarvestingHappiness.com. Spread more joy by liking us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and following Lisa on Twitter at Lisa Kamen. Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio is produced in collaboration with Toginet Radio, KBUU, RadioMalibu.net, and is available on PRX, the public radio exchange.